We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. This is Kirk Henderson, Mavs Moneyball, coming to you with group therapy. We're playing with house money, folks. It's about 1.40 my time here on the terrible East Coast. And I'm having a great time, having a great time. Just recorded a banger of a podcast with Josh Bowe and Ben Collins. Uh, you may know him of NBC News. Used to be a former tra- a reporter with Slam, does all sorts of great stuff. Um, probably no need to recap the game for the hardcore faithful among us. Needless to say, the Mavericks got a win. Uh, they're undefeated in Staples Center. And with that, I'm going to start bringing folks up on stage. Um, I have, oh God, 20 requests. So as we go through this, um, let's try to, to I don't want to cut anyone off. Um, but let's uh, keep it somewhat brief. You know, see if we can stick to an hour. First, man of the, uh, God, Paymon, you're using my high school senior picture again as your photo. That's okay. All right, Paymon, coming up first. What's happening, my guy? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to change that, but not for now. Kirk, I am so, I am so happy about this. I mean, the, oh God, we were dreading this a lot. I know a lot of the, the, the tone of us, of all of us Mavs fans going into this game was not a positive one. I know a lot were scared, but they were, we were clinging onto this optimism. And man, this just, th- this has turned completely around for us. Like, I can't even describe it. So, so what, I mean, when, when I was, uh, part of why I had been on our postgame podcast is I didn't know how to talk about that game. Because the first quarter was so euphoric. The second quarter was a little bit of come back to earth. And then the third quarter felt like a disaster waiting to happen. I mean, the Mavericks went down 62-67 and then just closed like nobody's business. There was a Porzingis help play on Kawhi that resulted in Kawhi throwing it in the backcourt. Where Porzingis hasn't moved like that in 30 games. 
and they just all of a sudden were up. And then it was like, I, I just, it was terrifying. I mean, that was one of the like one of the scariest <laughs> games. I, 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 the last time I remember feeling that way. And you know what? There's something to this because ten years ago on this night, the Mavericks came back on uh, game two against Miami Heat in a game that felt utterly lost. And so there's some poetic, you know, uh, roundabout <laughs> just feelings with that 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 I'm just kind of kind of latch latch onto for a second. No, oh, yeah, guys. By the way, sorry if my audio is crap. I forgot to charge my uh, my AirPods. So. No, you sound good. You sound good. Well, and, you, you know the thing for me too is like I mean, you look at this game. I mean, it wasn't even one of those games where like it's not like all the Mavs role players went off and stuff. I mean. They still had, like, not a great – I mean, KP didn't have a great game. A lot of those guys didn't have a great game. I mean, there's still room here for, like, this team to do a lot better. And I think what it came down to a lot of the part is, like, go look at the Clippers box score. I mean, a lot of these guys regressed to the mean. I think that was a – because, I mean, they were lights out for a lot of this this, uh, series. I think that was a big uh, part of it, too. So my take – my take on this is – and I heard – multiple podcasts you know bill simmons all the big heavy hitters talking about how Kawhi asserted his role as the best player in the series again and in that game that was not the case and right now the clippers have to be sort of terrified because luca it's going to be amazing when he doesn't look like he orders uber eats four times a week (laughs) um because, like, by the fourth quarter, he looked like how, how I do by the end of an Orange Theory class where I'm about to die. I mean, he was one of eight with two assists in the fourth. So, right. like, like, what does this guy look like when he's in James Harden level of shape? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I know. He, and that's one of the things, I mean, that's exciting. I mean, from last year to this year, you see him develop a mid-range. You see him, you know, um, you know, become a more active defender and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of room for this guy to go. That's the scariest part, I think, what's going to happen. And then uh, on, on top of that, just imagine when this supporting cast, you know, just starts, um, you know, cu- you know, coming around the corner. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm wildly excited. What I will say is, I mean, we've talked a lot on these locker rooms in the past where, you know, we've been through some tough losses together. We've been through some really down times. We are one win away from all of that. Just like we're able to, like we we had a really shit, like I mean, a roller coaster of a season, right? Like there nothing was never is going to be more. Where we were riding high for more than like four days. <laughs> yeah, they we, would just we, have we, it's like, oh, you, yeah. oh, you beat the Lakers twice in a row. Time to lose to the Kings. And this is exactly what you would say. We would come on here. I I remember after some games, we'd be excited, and then you'd be like, all right, yeah, well, we're going to be excited until we'll see what happens when we play the Pistons on Tuesday, and it. it it really was like that. But, I mean, man, I, I, yeah, everyone knows how much is this, this is going to mean to us on Friday. If we win this one in Dallas after this roller coaster of a season, I mean, man, like I, the, the way we started the season, out the gates, Luke is out of shape. Luke is fat. It's okay. We get out of that. You know, we get COVID. We get no, um, no games postponed. We got one game postponed, and now we're here. I mean, man, like we, we've, we've dealt with everything. I think um, – you know, Dirk's dealt with a lot of his trials and tribulations through his season. You know, this is going to be a good one for Luca, and nothing will mean more for me and, and all of us if we close this out on Friday. I mean, whew, Deep Ellum, Victory Park, everywhere, Uptown, I cannot wait, man. I'm going to be at the game. I might not be at the game. I'm going to be at the plaza. We're going we're gonna to go crazy, guys. This is, this is what we do this for. We've been through this roller coaster ride for this moment. I cannot wait. 
Ah, oh, man, I, I'm not going to go to sleep tonight. There's just no way. Well, I'm glad you joined us, Paymon. You got anything I else? I appreciate it, Kirk. That's it. That's it, y'all. Enjoy this one. This is what it's about right here. So, listen, we're going to we're gonna regroup in, in a locker room on Friday. I mean, I, I might not be here because I might be just parting we're my house up streaking. and down. We're going Oh, it's going to be a Down by the blast. American Airlines Center. Down by take the Take it stadium. easy. Take it easy. Thanks for having me on, Kurt. Y'all sure take thing, it buddy. easy. Bye. Mm-hmm. All right, coming up next, I might go a little bit out of order uh, because I see some new faces. So you'll forgive me if I'm jumping around, guys. But I want to bring on Jay next. I don't recognize Jay from being in this locker room. Jay, how you doing? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, man. It was a great game today. So I think what I think I think it was great. Like, uh, sorry, uh, third quarter second half once uh Paul Jerry got four fouls their offense just sort of looked kind of kind of in a mess and then we got that big run so I think that was just I think that's kind of what took us our momentum and we just kind of held yes. on for the fourth quarter and yeah because and they had we I like I did not think we would win a game with our defense and I think Dorian had five steals today and he was insane and just doing that was I think I did not think we would win a game off the Clippers with our defense I think that happened because we were so cold in the fourth. I think that was just well. Great. Dorian playing defense after getting put on roller skates for four games was probably it, it's got to be top three most unexpected things. I mean, he guarded Kawhi a great chunk of the night, and that was that ended up I think helping him to a degree. I mean, Kawhi was just sort of off. I mean, he was due. Um, you know, Luca had that in game three, even though he couldn't turn left. And it was it was really nice to see Dorian get something going because Dorian cannot hit the broadside of a barn on offense, and, and I'm glad to to see something for him defensively. And he, I mean, he had at least three steals in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think at least three. And it's fun. It's fun. I was screaming yeah. at myself. Yeah, I just wanted your thoughts on the zone. Do you think Game Six is that the plan, just to prevent Kawhi and George from driving and? making their role players just shoot threes for their way to get the win. Cause I think that's, I think, I think, I think it is a move. Just a getting great the floor question. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea because I don't feel like NBA offenses are fooled by the same trick twice. Yeah. Um, that said, would you rather them shoot 40 to 45% from three or 85% at the rim? Yeah, because they are—they're the—they're the number one three-point team in the league. I think at 40.1 percent. So you know, like I—it's hard to—it's like picking, you know, just one. Like one of like, do you want their stars to beat you, or do you want their role players to beat you? And it's just tough. But um, you know, in the playoffs, you know, you want your superstars to take over games. And if we if we can contain Kawhi to shoot like under fifty percent, like he did today, and Paul George as well, like I think. I think it's. I think I would take that over, you know, going going man and letting them just eat us in the paint like they did yes. game four because that was that was not fun to watch. Well, and and you look at the box score; it was really only Kawhi who missed three pointers. Everyone else, you go through like they shot thirty six percent from three as a team, but yeah. you go through it. You know, Batum was zero of one. Morris hit half his shots. Jackson, again, like watching Tim Hardaway get hung up on a screen and then Jackson bury a three, I thought that was going to kill me. And then Paul George's three of seven, like they were good from their percentages. It's just, you know, it, 
it's really kind of what these games come down to because if, if the Clippers are 16 of 38 instead of 14 of 38, they win the game. Yeah, and absolutely. So it's, it's better to be lucky than good. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you have to also consider that our role players did not shoot well today. We had two players in double figures today. So we won Ooh. a game with two with just Tim and Luca in double figures today. And that that's amazing as well that we did that. So I think – I know if we come if we come strong game six and we ride our fans, I think we just got to get something from all players, at least Dorian or Timmy, because Dorian hasn't had a good shooting game, I think, in a while. So I think if that happens, like I think we have a good shot. If Luca does what Luca does and we have at least Dorian, KP, or Timmy come out big on game six, I think I think we have a good shot of winning. Love it. Well, thank yeah. you for joining. You got anything else? Yeah. No, that's it for me. Thank you so much for having me, man. Sure thing. All right. Coming up next, we're going to go with uh, my man, because I like your last name, DJ Parker. How are you? Hey, what's up, Kirk? How are you? I am am feeling pretty good. Uh, I'll be brief here, but I just got a couple takes. Um, So uh, Grant Hill had brought up on the broadcast that that having uh, Boban and uh, Porzingis on the backside of that zone really kept the Clippers outside of the paint. Just They were forced to sh- uh, shoot a lot of jumpers and that weren't going in early in the game. Um, I, I don't think they'll be able to get away with that the entire game, but for stretches, I think it did give the Mavericks an advantage. Sure, because anything to throw off rhythm matters. Um, I can't believe it worked as long as it did, to be quite honest with you. There are a couple of really cool plays that they scored where I've just like, like, Luka got beat back door again on one of them when they're running the zone. And then there was one where it gets all the way under and is between Porzingis and Boban. And then whoever was under the basket passed it all the way back out for a three. And I'm like, God, this is just going to go very poorly. And it didn't. So, I don't know. I'm delighted. Yeah. And um, also that um, the Clippers had five starter scoring double figures and we only had two and still managed to win the game like that's insane i don't even know what to do with that stat i it's funny i i did a 40 minute podcast before this and didn't notice that two double (laughs) only two people scoring in double figures it's just so crazy you don't see that in nba games especially in a playoff game like it's just you know the stars come to play but you know sometimes you know, you see, you know, breakout games from your role players, and we just haven't had that since maybe game one or two. Yeah, yeah, and and I think some of them are due. Um, of uh, I just need Matt, I need Dorian to hit a shot, and the game feels different, and and maybe you will. Right. And uh, just one more thing, um, I think the Mavericks just took a sense of pride because they, they got beat pretty bad in games three and four. And I think they just wanted to redeem themselves and try to get back in the series and try to win and show that they had a little bit of backbone and just not get beat, not get blown by, just give up, you know, 17, 18 field goals at the rim. And that just didn't happen tonight. Yeah. I'm, I'm all here for it. They were, they were due um, just to miss bunnies with how many rim shots they've been making. Well, thank you, DJ. Thanks for having me on, Kirk. Have a good night. Sure thing, you too. Coming up next, my man Brett, who's been waiting patiently. You've been you're here early, and I just didn't call on you immediately. Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Um, 
I don't know who all watched the uh, like the TNT post game, um, but I think Draymond is. I mean, obviously, like the bar is incredibly low as it goes for like analysis on TNT, but Draymond is really good at that stuff. And and the stuff and the couple things he brought up about the Mavs strategy um, on defense was, I think, really good and was kind of partly what I thought worked well um, because I don't think that putting Boban in specifically was what helped. I mean, because Boban was like, a, like he was like a minus nine or minus seven or something in his minutes, um, but it was going zone and encouraging the Clippers like to get shots for the role players. Um, because in the, in the last two games and really the whole series up until this game, uh, like Paul George and Kawhi both, um, both really just like, you know, dribble the ball, like the air out of the ball and drove into the lane and, and, but, but they had the ball in their hands a lot less. I felt like in this game, at least. Um, and so, and so I think that, that like kind of making sure that they didn't get into a rhythm, um, by kind of, even, even though they did like give up a bunch of open looks, um, but yeah. So give me, I, I've not been able to watch Draymond yet. I recorded it, but, it, you know, I kind of hustle on the post games where I'm editing and then I record a podcast and I hop on here and then I kind of catch up on everybody else's thoughts tomorrow. So, so what, give me, give me a glimpse of what, of what Draymond talked about. Well, You're right. Draymond is annoying. Draymond's also one of the, he's a generation. He's one of the smartest. Yeah. 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 I I think he's just, he's brilliant as much as annoying he is, as he is to, you know, for Mavs to play against. Um, but, but yeah, he, he said, I think it was something along the lines of like, like, like Reggie Jackson's shot, whatever, six of 12 from three. And while that's great, like you, you, you can't have Reggie Jackson shooting 12 threes while Paul George shoots like 14 field goals. Um, And I think that that's like, I mean, partly that's just because the Clippers, I mean, like they took what the Mavs gave them, which were like, which were good looks. Like it was not, it was not like the Mavericks didn't force them to play in an like uncomfortable way. But it meant that, um, that like that at the end of the game, then like Kawhi and Paul George weren't like in a rhythm. They weren't like in control of the game um, and taking over and dominating in the way that like players of that caliber can. I agree. Jay made the point earlier about how he thought that Paul George's fourth foul kind of mucked him up and I really agree with that it, it things just got funky after that for them and they well yeah I mean I think that and also I mean everything that happened in like from whatever like the six minute like basically at that point on in the third quarter was kind of like inexplicable like I cannot for the life of me understand every choice like Ty Lue made from then until the end of the quarter like as the Mavs went on like what what must have been like a 20 nothing run at that point, like, I like, I like, I, I just don't understand. I mean, like, it's exciting as a like as a Mavs fan, um, and I think like Dwight Powell, like, I like he's obviously like not playable for most of like like most of the game and most of the series. Um, but it, like at that moment, I think putting him in was was great um, because the Mavs were struggling on at that point, like on offense, like not on defense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brett, you got anything else for us? Nope. Thanks for having me up. You're the man. Thanks for joining. Okay. Christian. Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? I can. You sound good. 
Okay. So, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, getting to see Luca Magic, I think, you know, the fact that he scored or assisted on 31 of the 37 uh, shots or the field goals made is just beyond absurd. Um, I I don't even know what to say about it. Like that's it's the third time in hit uh, NBA playoff history that that's happened, with the only other two being LeBron and Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. I mean, just absurd. Different kind of basketball. Yeah, for sure. But I just wanted to shout out Dorian. I thought you know he played his ass off on the defensive end and really did a good job. And especially there at the end that, you know, Kawhi, you know, air ball toss for the, to tie the game, uh, just staying disciplined, you know, went straight up, uh, hands up, you know, didn't, didn't bite at the fake. Um, you know, we all kind of understand that he's asked to do too much, but, I don't think I've met a Mavs fan that doesn't just love that guy. Cause you know, at minimum, he's going to do whatever he can to try to help this team. Well, at this point, I feel like he's due for a shooting regression, like a positive shooting regression. Cause he's been very bad from the shooting for four straight games. And he's not this bad. Like the kind of shots he's missing are open looks. And it, it, it I feel like the, the, remember the Utah regular season game where KP was sitting and the Mavs just blew them out. Um, yeah, I feel like something like that is coming. Uh, of course, it's two o'clock in the morning, and I've had several cocktails, so that plays <laughs> into my um, liquid confidence. But thank you for joining, as always, Christian. Yeah, yeah, appreciate you having me, and you know, definitely uh, still nervous about the series, but think you know, like you said, if we can get a that positive regression, and uh, you know, my God, please, KP do something he hit that great shot um but there's just still more opportunity so that that's what kind of makes me hopeful but appreciate you having me up as always and sure thing you know friend of mine friend of the show matt moore hp basketball the action network loves to lecture me because he really prefers grindy ass basketball like he he likes you know like three yards in a cloud of dust basketball and he keeps always telling me, he's like, playoff basketball should be hard. It shouldn't be easy. And that this was a good example of that game. Like, that game was horrifying to watch. And I loved every minute of it in retrospect, but not at the time. Um, okay, coming up next, I'm going to bring on Sean. Sean, how you- I am doing awesome. Hey. You know, this has to be one of my favorite games of the season. Good. Well, what's your what's your thing? Yeah. What, what, do, what, what, what's your main point? What was your favorite? That they set the rules of engagement. You know, they, you know, the Clippers thought that they were going to play a certain way, and Rick said, "No, you're going to play how we want to play. We're going to force you to play Zubak, and we are going to beat you over the head with it." Rules of engagement. I love that. Josh Bowe is writing right now about how the if the Clippers are able to win the Zubac minutes, then they tend to win the game. And tonight. He got, I mean, he, him and Rondo were negative 19. It's awful. That's kind of interesting with Rondo because I thought he played pretty good defense for the most part on Luka. He did, but he didn't, like, he's been scoring just enough, and he was 0 for 6 from the floor. 
Um, and they, you know, a lot of those were kind of one possession wasted. You know, it's, it's, if you're not getting any offensive rebounds, those sorts of things, it's like a Rondo shot. Was... Well, yeah, that, that was, that's kind of really my only point there. You know, this was with the only time, at least it felt to me that they decided to force their opponent to, uh, play the way that the Mavs wanted. Mm. Yeah, and and as the chat is talking about, we really just love to see a terrible Rondo game around these parts. None of us, uh, except Absolutely. for except for my man Grant, who might be lurking in the chat, loves Rajon Rondo. The rest of us hate him. Well, mm-hmm. thank you, Sean. You're the best. No, thank you. All right, coming up next, Mr. Nick Oliver. How are you, Nick? Hey, can you hear me? I can't. All right, excellent. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Are you? Um, first time? <laughs> yeah, first time up here. I think I tried to get on once, and I fell asleep But by the time I got on the stage. Well, I'm not uh, sleeping in the, I should no, sleep no, tonight. No, no, me neither. Me neither. Um, what a game. Jesus. My heart. Um, so I just wanted to call out, um, I think that was Rick's, one of his, the best coaching performances he's ever had. Like, I did not see going big uh, right out of the gate coming. Um, I I thought it was like my galaxy brain take before the game was this is Rick protesting his roster. <laughs> yeah, right. But it it worked, and I mean, not so much in the Boba minutes. I think he was a negative, but Dwight Powell was amazing in this game. He uh, was all over the court like he always is. Um, he was in the right spots on both ends like he always is, and you know, it was a safety valve for for Luca and. Uh, surprisingly played some decent defense but the real adjustment that i think flipped this game was switching dorian finney smith onto leonard full-time because leonard was just toasting everybody else like first step you couldn't even get over to help if you wanted to yep uh, and but with with dorian finney smith he kind of has to like take a few dribbles to try to get around him or overpower him and it gives enough time for a help to come over to force the ball out of his hands and it just turns him into either a you know tough jump shooter or a passer, which is exactly what you want, and that's that's what he got. Yeah, I mean it's we haven't talked about it a lot. Talked about it a little bit. Like Maxie's not doing well. Um no, he's I think not. I think that they've ground him to a pulp from the regular season. He was an Iron Man last year and a herd Achilles just doesn't get better, and Kawhi Leonard is not the person to test it against. Exactly. Um, and, and so I'm glad they at least tried something new. Now, Kawhi could, you know, become Megatron on Friday and go for 60. That right, and destroy Dorian Pretty-Smith. He's, Smith. he's yeah. that good, you know? Yep. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, he can keep it up and keep making um, make him a jump shooter primarily. And that Luca can uh, be—I don't know what he is at this point. <laughs> He's something <laughs> else, is what he is, and I'm yeah, just and, very delighted to watch him. Not a—not a human, that's for sure. It's, that's right. Crazy. Well, thank you, Nick. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, have a good night. All right, coming next, my man Doug. What's up, Doug? Hey, Kurt. Doing good. Doing good. You know, the uh, I, I mentioned on here before about how I used to hate uh, the third quarter, the Mavs in the third quarter, because they just came out flat. Well, now there is another streak. We've talked about the first quarter streak. We've talked about the time where if the Mavs uh, outshoot the, uh, their opponents from the three-point, they win. 
now we've got the th- the third quarter because all three games that the Mavs have won in this series, uh, they've they've won the third quarter, and uh, I I think it I think that third quarter, even though it didn't start off good, uh, it ended well. I think that set a tone for the rest of the game, and uh, so it's definitely something that I love seeing the fact that uh, the Mavs are coming out and playing well after halftime because I do think that that makes a difference. Well, I mean, I'm scarred from 20 years of shitty Mavs third quarters. Yes. I'm a little terrified. I'm a yes. little terrified. I am too. And it, and it's definitely something that, uh, you know, it's just seemed like it's happened in the second half of the season. So, again, it's, we're not talking about a well-established tradition here. We're just talking about something that's more down the stretch of this. And the other thing that I wanted to mention about that I was really excited about tonight was free throws down the stretch. I was, Ooh, I, I was Love it. For, terrified when when the Mavs went to the free throw line and had to make those free throws to pull out the game but they absolutely nailed them and I was excited about that I watched Timmy miss a free throw at the one game I went to before pandemic um I remember where it was like this terrifying comeback game where the Wizards beat the Mavericks in the end and Timmy missed fourth quarter free throws and I was really scared when he got to the line and I'm really glad that he made them because I feel that the carryover effect with, with Tim Hardaway is real, where when that guy feels confident, it changes how the Mavericks play. Yeah, and and uh, and that's that's the, I guess, the thing that you really love to see is a guy who's not your star have that type of effect on the rest of the of the team. And so that's the, one of the reasons why, and he doesn't have to, it doesn't have to just be hitting a ton of threes, but just when he's playing well, uh, the Mavs play well. Yep. And so it's it's fun to watch. One one last thing. Uh, I saw your pregame uh, tweet about uh, those that uh, have the fire rick, you know, kind of getting loaded up. You know, if this, mm. if this went sideways again, you know, it's 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 an interesting thing to see a coach make such a kind of a radical departure from the way things are, because there's one thing to switch out you know, Richardson, you know, and put Tim Hardaway Jr. into the starting lineup, but to put Boban in. That's a that's a that's a bold move and uh, and it paid off. Well, there's a lot of people on social. There's a one bold enough gentleman who got up here. Uh, I appreciate his listens. We're we're not gonna we're not gonna tease. Well, we might tease him the next time he comes in, but we're not gonna speak ill of him for for being bold enough to give the take. But this was this was just the kind of game where it's like Rick either knows entirely what he's doing or he doesn't know anything at all. And I'm choosing to lean with the with the former. Well, and and we've all seen the fact that he loves to tinker and this is just a, a high stakes tinker. And so it's definitely one of those things that you, you I love to see it because I love to see a guy like Rick Carlisle step up and uh, make a bold move and a payoff. That's right. Well, thank you, Doug. Hey, thanks for having me. Have a good night. All right, coming up next, I'm going to bring on David. Hi, David. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy. Hey, Kirk. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, really enjoyed the Mavs Moneyball. Uh, locker rooms are always great, even after a loss, but especially after wins for obvious reasons. But um, no, I don't have anything to say. I just want to shout out Terrence Mann for not taking the layup uh, on that last possession. Appreciate him. We're going to have to sign um, him to a contract. Yeah, he he might he might get uh, minutes for us next season. Probably he's really know. good. Um, <laughs> like he's really feisty. He, I can't believe he made that boneheaded of a play. Yeah, it was really funny because he was playing pretty good defense for the most part, and then did that when I thought he was just going to lay it up. Um, 
but yeah, no, this is a great team win. I'm very excited to see what happens. Hopefully we can play well at home for once this series. But um, overall, it was a really fun game to watch. Stressful as hell. Um, but they all are at this point. So, yeah. They really, they really are. They really are. I, I try to write stuff. Like, I try to take writing assignments from my staff just so I don't get mad. And when they all claim them up, I, I don't want to kick them off because I, I also, like, I want to write just so I don't get, like, destructive and, like, exactly. inadvertently pound, like, a drink. <laughs> but, you know, eh, it is delightful. This is, this is what we do this all year for. Exactly. You got anything else, David? No, that's it. Thanks for having me up, Kurt. Appreciate it. All right. I'll keep flying through, folks. My man, Sam, coming up next. Sam, you finally have a profile photo that I can approve of instead of something like Kobe, etc. Yeah, I'm just trolling, man. Rondo, you know, after that look he gave Kawhi. It was kind of funny. I mean, I wouldn't. Like, Rondo's a bold man if he's going to like. Like, Kawhi doesn't have feelings. He'll just kill you. Like. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like he's a Terminator, man. He's just a Terminator. He's a robot. He's, I'll be back. Right, so but, this is your first real playoff and, run as as a as a fully formed adult, right? So 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 talk to me about. Man, I don't know. It's it feels amazing, man. Like I just love, like you know, what I feel like about this playoff series. Tell me with the Mavs first. What I feel like is um. When I get older, I'm always gonna remember like these rival, the rival, the rival like games between these two teams because it's always heated, man. Like you see the players fighting and stuff. Like I like when players fight. Like I don't know why people don't like it. I like when the game gets heated. People are competitive. Like that's the true definition of basketball right there. When people are being competitive like that. And there's very little dirty stuff. It's just you know guys going at each other. Like I, this is. When I was when I was nineteen, twenty, something like that, in there, the Mavs Kings were just the series of my youth that sort of defined how I felt about playoff basketball. And back then, the Mavs and the Kings played a style of basketball as unlike anybody else. They yeah, scored... I, I've seen that man. All, my, my dad used to talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. So this is this is this is this has that vibe because familiarity breeds contempt, and and this is just. This is one of those where I'm glad nothing ridiculous has happened yet. Um, the closest thing is Willie Collie Stein and his uh, uh, flagrants, but you know, well, I, I... <laughs> yeah, I, I love the series, man. I just we, we got to finish, man. We still got one more game, and we, we got we got this, man. I think they can do it. One best one out of two right now, you know. Yeah, but I think we just gotta appreciate Luca, man. I mean, this guy is. I, I just feel bad, like. We, we got to do something for him next year, bro. We have to give him a supporting cast. Like, okay, Dorian Finney-Smith, he did a great job. Like, no, I'm, I'm not going to take away credit from him. But, like, come on. This guy has mean. to make some open shots. Like, I would get so mad when I would see him sitting there in the corner, Luka doing all this dribbling, and then he, he gets set up for an open shot because Luka baits all the defense in because everybody's focusing on him. Dorian Finney-Smith open pull. Like, he makes those. I mean, I feel like he's just having a tough stretch. He's just tired. I don't know, man. But I'm not blaming him. But people like that, they got to make their, their open shots, man. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm still not going to get mad at them. And Tim Hardaway, like, um, I forgot who was running here before me, but he said that about those two clutch free throws, man. Those free throws got us in the – they saved us, man. I, I was so happy when he made those. And then, when, and then Dorian Finney-Smith. He lived. He got his payday just from that one 
defensive possession. I mean, it was more of a bad decision between Kawhi because right. I don't think they should have, you know, shot that. But I don't know what the hell he was doing. But, you know, at the end of the day, we won the game. It doesn't matter. That fourth quarter was all mental toughness, man. Who could last longer? 16 points. They only scored 16 yeah. points, and they held on. Cannot believe it. Well, thank you, my guy. Uh, yeah, but I just got to say one more thing about KP uh, before I, I get off. All right, listen. So, KP, right? I feel like, okay, it's, it's, it's simple. People want to blame KP for stepping up and stuff. I mean, Rick didn't have a game plan to make him, like, become a guy that scores 20 points. There were more plays for Tim Hardaway and Vinny Smith than there were for KP. Cause he can't move. You can't. I I understand that. Like I I I, I don't think they should blame KT, but it's not real. I mean, he still should step up. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, just leave this KP thing for another day, bro. I'm I'm not gonna sure. get mad about this today. Hey, he hit the three. That rifle of a pass from Luca, and then the willingness to fire. Because I could have killed him when he bobbled the pass earlier. I, I thought he was gonna drop the second one in the corner too. <laughs> so you know that you know. It's all about redemption. Redemption stories start out with a single make. Well, thanks for joining us. Man, no problem, man. I'm just happy, man. It's a good, been a good day. All right. Well, enjoy your the rest of your week, and we'll be on again Friday night. I'll, I'll come back. All right. Thanks, Sam. Coming up next, we got Ike. How you doing tonight, Ike? I'm very good, Kirk. I'm very good. Um <laughs> First off, I think you should give me my flowers because I think I was one of the few people that called for the Dwayne Finney Smith to guard Kawhi more. I'm a big fan and, of uh, it. Obviously, yeah, Carlisle heard my cries. So, uh, and of course, context is everything. I know that Kawhi was due for an off game. So, you know, I'm not. Oh, that was pretty rough. He, he had a rough game. Like, Dorian had a big part in Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, it, it was just good because from what I was watching, and, and what I was speaking on, it, it like made sense because Kawhi is a, even though he's all world, the type of player he is, is more of the player that Dorian Finney-Smith tends to have more success guarding. Now I'm using air quotes because this is Kawhi, you know, but uh, I'm just talking sure. about in terms of, you know, the comparison between Kawhi and PG, where PG tends to be a little more shiftier with the with the ball and stuff like that and, and we know that Dorian just really struggles against really like shifty players, you know, Dame Lillard. Um for well everybody struggles against Dame Lillard, but I guess the only one is like James Harden or whatever. But um yeah, it was um you know, Luca really should have had fifty and like nearly like thirty assists and uh if if our guys just hit open shots, you know, this is a different ball game. But I, I think for to begin with uh, the Mavericks set the tone, and this was something that they did not do consistently or well enough when we played at home. Um, for example, two plays, uh, obviously, to begin the game, Hardaway Jr. going up for a dunk, uh, dunk over, I think it was Reggie Jackson, set the tone, right? Mm-hmm. That, and, and also, um, Maxi uh, getting into it with, with Marcus Morris and, you know, pushing him off. And, and this is kind of what I've called for because, obviously, the Mavs are not a physical team. Um, but we needed a little more physicality. It's not like, you know, don't wait for the fight to come to you, you know, bring the fight to them, you know? So mm-hmm. I was clapping my hands when Maxi did that, you know, like, you know, don't take any shit, you know, like stand your ground and things of that sort. So, um, yeah. And, and, and just another point is just, you know, we obviously don't have the parts, <laughs> the components to be a defensive juggernaut. So none of us are ob- oblivious to that, but it's just about doing the small things. Right. And, 
just get some stops, you know, do the little things like have active hands. And we see, we saw like Willie Colley Smith get a steal. We saw Dwight Powell, who I'm going to have to have an apology tour for, for, you know, the game that he had today, um, you know, get his hands active and get a couple of steals and stuff like that. It's those little things that make a, a world of difference when you're going up, sure. and, you know, a, a good team, you know, um, on paper, uh, as far as having like two premier offensive players and, you know, they led the league in a three point shooting. Yeah, I, I I just found myself very pleased that it worked out at the right time. I mean, that run in the third, there was a offensive rebound from Dwight Powell off a of Tim Hardaway kind of ill-advised three, and then right. Dwight ropes it and kicks it out to, to Hardaway, who took another ill-advised three, only yeah. a win it. And it's yeah. like those are just the kind of extra possession hustle plays that hadn't gone the Mavericks way the previous two nights and did tonight. Yeah, yeah. And then just one more point. It's, and I've made this before, it's really painful. Outside of just Luca just being off the floor, we legitimately do not have another passer on, on the floor. Uh, Brunson is, is in quicksand. He's not, he doesn't really have great vision, and the Clippers no. just have such length where when he gets the ball, they know what he's doing. Like, yeah. I, I don't even think he's looking to pass at this point. Exactly. And I, I, I get why, but I don't like it. Yeah, I think he has to really, if he wants to be more effective, like I, I feel like when he comes in, he's he needs to make more of an effort to get other players involved or, you know, really move the ball instead of dribble, 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 try to find a lane that opens and then throw up something, hoping that you'll get a foul when oftentimes it's not going to happen. But mm-hmm. I mean, I mean the Clippers just have a lot of length and they body, they yeah. contest in verticality well, like. And a guy like him, if he goes in, he had one where he got, he was really pissed about a no call, meaning Brunson, and he was right. He was like, yeah. but it's just this is kind of the deal. You look at the you look at the stats, and 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 the, the free throws really did eventually even out. Um, yeah. I, I remember being mad in game and talking to Matthew, who's normally here in the chat, but he went to bed early. Or early, it's three in the morning. What are we talking about? Um, he, he went to bed, and 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 I was telling him at Chaz, like, you know, this is just going to be the nature of things. I mean, the the Clippers shot twenty five free throws, Mavericks shot nineteen. Like that variance, I'm okay with. It's when they're doubled yeah. up. Right, right, yeah, and um, yeah, you know, we were out assisted and out rebounded. Mm-hmm. Still found a way to win. Uh, it would be great. Uh, just from a burden perspective, if again, you know, simple things hit open shots, you know, we're, we're not afforded a lot of open shots because, you know, the clips, when they hunker down and D up, they're a very good team. So when we get open shots, we, we have to knock them down. And uh, I, I think if that was occurring, you know, you're not going to see Luca kind of like on the tail end, you know, towards the fourth quarter where he's like, you know, one for eight or whatnot mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So. But it's a good win, man. I, I had confidence because we were on the road. I just hope that they can find a way to kind of bottle it up and bring it to the AAC so we can kind of close out the series. But thanks Hell for yeah, that. first team that gets a, a, a home home win wins. And I, I still love that Dallas has never lost a game at Staples Center. It's my favorite yeah. stupid stat. Mavs in six. Thanks, Kurt. Love it. All right, talk to you Friday, I hope. All right, Bye. Yes, sir. Coming up next, Leo, my guy, what's Hello, I'm gonna be quick so you can go ahead and go to sleep. Uh, uh, I feel like our uh, one point. I feel like our bigs were amazing this what? game. Maybe not offensively, but Dwight Powell with the rebound, Willie Cauley Sam with his magical ability to not get called for fouls was amazing. <laughs> uh, KP being aggressive in the defense during the third quarter for like those four minutes was great. And just a final thing, really quickly, I'm really far off and we're nowhere near this, but 
I know we've been talking a lot about since 2011. There's a super team waiting for us in the Eastern Conference Finals uh, that we can probably take down. And it'd be a nice storybook ending to have Luka win his first championship against a big three just like Dirk did. Great take, Leo. Love this take. It's it's pie in the sky. It's really ambitious. That's what I'm here for. Appreciate that. You got Nope. I hope everyone has a good night, and I hope you have a good morning, Kirk. Thanks, buddy. Have a good day. Coming up next, we have Tim. Tim, how are you doing? Hey, what's up, Kirk? How, how you doing? Doing all right. We're moving along. We're having fun. Yeah, I'm all right. I uh, I didn't get to actually watch the game. I listened to Chuck Cooperstein's how talk because that? that's all I can get. Well, that's all I can get up in Canada. I just got to Canada uh, for work, and it was, like, extremely stressful. I was just, like, like grabbing my chair the whole night. It was uh, (laughs) – I mean, he does a great job, but it's hard to listen to a playoff basketball game without any visual. It's just, like, my mind is, like, going a million miles a minute. But, you know, I I guess everybody's kind of said what I, you know, already was thinking. But, you know, if Luca. He seemed he seemed more healthy tonight. He seemed like less like strained. And if he's gonna be close to a hundred percent, they just don't have an answer for him at all. And, you know, even in that game, uh, game three, where they they uh, they the Mavs lost, like you know that first quarter when before Luca got the stinger, they were just you know they, he was just killing them. And pretty much in every game that Luca's been close to ninety-ish percent, he's just he's just cut him up. And like I think that's a very optimistic sign. If you know you're 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 hoping for the Mavs to close this out in six, um, but honestly, I have no idea. Like leaving this game, I have no idea who's going to win uh, Game Six on Friday. I have no idea how many crazy wacky zone permutations Rick Carlisle can try. Um, but, I mean, I got to say, if he if Luca's healthy and if you can get just average nights from from the role players uh, on Friday and hope that Kawhi uh, and, and PG don't go out of their minds again, you know, I mean, that's – we got a pretty good shot. I'm here for it. Having a shot is all you can ask for. That, that's really all it, – it's – this team is so odd, and, you know, the the Marcos, one of my Twitter followers, I say this probably every third podcast, he described the Mavericks once as uh, low floor and high ceiling, and I think about that a lot <laughs> because when the yeah. Mavericks play terrible and they can only score 81 points, they look awful, and then they do what they did tonight, which is beat a team that, that you know, I, I I might have said this earlier, so I apologize. I, I, I've been talking for like an hour and a half straight now. But when the Clippers have Kawhi and Paul George on the floor during the regular season, they outscore opponent, opponents 18 points for 100 possessions. And the Mavericks have beat them three of five times. That is insane. It's shocking. And, yeah, those dudes are really good at basketball, and the Clippers are a better basketball team than the Dallas Mavericks. It makes no sense that they're up. Uh, we're up 3-2 right now, in my mind. Uh, I'm pretty shocked by it. But uh, one more thing is that, that that fire Rick Carlisle chorus is getting pretty quiet right now. Like, I mean, whatever – I when I heard that he was doing a 2-1-2 zone – 
and starting Boban, I, I mean, I thought he <laughs> – I had no idea what to think. I mean, a 2-1-2 zone, I mean, I'm not a basketball genius, but that sounds like something my junior high coach would tell us to do. Like, I, I just can't – I mean, <laughs> that was whack, and it, and it kind of worked. And uh, it, he, he outcoached Ty Lue tonight, and I hope that for Friday he can kind of, like, anticipate some adjustments that Lou, Lou, Lou might make and, and hopefully – but hopefully Lou won't make any adjustments and he'll get another 20, 30 minutes out of Zubosh or something like that. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> well, thanks for joining, Tim. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, Ken. How you doing, Ken? Hit that unmute button there and then. Oh, okay. Here. First time on the locker room, Matt. My fault oh, here. No, thanks for joining. Um, Appreciate you. I- yeah, I've been listening to you on Spotify, on your podcast forever. I'm a huge fan, and I finally get to join. I'm the Mavs fan from California that witnessed in Golden State when I lived there the 2006 debacle. Then I moved to L.A. and watched a sweep Dallas, which was amazing. Today was the first time in a long time I felt that little amazing thing in my soul that, oh my gosh, how are we doing this? Luca is freaking insane, and I get to actually enjoy this day. I come home, my girl makes me a beautiful dinner. I couldn't even eat because I had to watch this game and just think, oh my God, how did we pull this off? And overall, the defense at the end of the game gave me 2011 vibes because we are not supposed to be playing this kind of defense. Dorian Smith, what he did. Actually, the biggest key of this game, I don't know if you guys witnessed this. Uh, did you guys notice the Mark Cuban and Ray John Rondo, um, you know, beef in between I each? I did not. Play? Oh, my God. So what was happening on TNT was every time Ray John Rondo made a stupid play, which, by the way, he played pretty bad, Mark Cuban got a shot on the sidelines just going nuts. Like, he just won the finals because you can see the hate in his eyes when uh, it's just him against freaking Rondo, which was hilarious. So I don't know if you guys caught that, but that was amazing to see because Rondo gives us fits, and he sucked tonight, and Luca gave it to him. And uh, great win. Just great to be on here. I love what you do. Love that you have everyone on. Thanks for having me. I'm a little tipsy because uh, I got to enjoy it tonight. And I'm uh, glad I know everyone else did. And Kurt, you put on a great show for me and give me therapy in California where no one's a Mavs fan. And I rep these motherfuckers so hard. I've met Mark Cuban after a Lakers loss that we had, and he was not a fan of me trying to talk to him. But you know what? I get to be here and talk to you guys. And thank you. That's all I have to say. I'm glad glad you're part of the group here. Thanks for hanging out, Ken. For sure. Um... Yeah, Ken, Ken speaks to my soul in this because I lived, I went to Pepperdine out in, uh, it's outside of Los Angeles in Malibu, and I, I was out there from 02 to 2006, which was post part of when the, the Lakers were just unbelievable. And I was in, I still remember where I was standing um, when uh, someone told me that, that Kobe had scored 62, because I, I didn't get all the games because I was out there on campus. 
And it's just like being surrounded by Laker fans when Kobe Bryant is murdering your team is a very painful experience. Um, but just, just that. So I understand it's like being in not enemy territory, but you know what I mean? Surrounded by like the, the confidence of a, of a Laker and then a Golden State fan. It's just must be great to feel like that all the time. You know what? Luka Doncic gives me that confidence. It fucking rules. Okay. Coming up next, my man Lance. Lance, did you get to watch tonight's game? I did, and I am not uh, down in the dumps like I was last Hell time. Yeah. So ironic. So speaking of Luca being confident, the first thing they ask, you know, how you feeling about tonight? And he's saying I had a terrible game. This dude scored forty points on a fifty percent three point shooting and only attempted three free throws. Like, take that for data, man. That's marvelous. The guy now has more. Uh, I think it's uh, he has four forty point games. It is, uh, I think it's, what is he, like uh, 11 uh, playoff career games already? I yeah, think. yeah. There was an incredible, I, I know what you're talking about, but keep talking. I'm going to go Nick Wright, um, who has come like, who seems really seems like Luka Doncic, had an incredible pull of stats. I just have to find it. I tweeted like a madman tonight. It's like it was um, way back in the day when I was just like cursing all the time and being a lunatic, but yeah, go ahead. Keep talking. No, I'll find and, and like, it's just to carry on with the load that this guy has to carry. It's, it rivals the 2017 Russell Westbrook MVP season. I mean, tonight he had a 42% usage rating and I know like bench players, the usage rating is high, but Boban had the second amount with 33%, which shows you how much they were dumping it down to him. And we're trying to get stuff going while KP was hiding in the corner. Like, it's amazing. Everyone knows what Luca is going to do. And he does the Clippers are obviously like one of the toughest. Well, I don't want to say that one of the toughest teams, but one of the ideally best like defensive teams in the league with what they have with the length and athleticism. And they really can't stop him. Honestly, a lot of those shots that were not falling were in and out. It's like sure, like especially at the mid range game with the little like Dirk-esque fadeaway, like it's really just rimming out, you know. I mean, he was hitting it on the money on the backboard. It just it just wasn't going his way. And and despite, you know, I don't want to say he almost caused Dallas the game, but when when a man telegraphed that pass, I think it was uh, – I forgot who was trying to pass two down low, but it was, it was pretty noticeable, and, and, you know, man got it. Uh, and Finney Smith kind of saved the day at the end despite, like, shooting – I think you, you put the – I think he said he's only made, uh, what, one or two three-pointers since game one or something like that, like mm-hmm. on your timeline. But, no, it's, it's just marvelous watching this guy, man. Like, he's only, what, 21, 22 years old, and, and he has a moxie of, like, an eight-year pro. Like, I know it's nothing, like, uh, groundbreaking, but it's just – it's I'm in awe watching this guy, man. Like, and he's not – like, I know, like, everyone wants him to be Dirk. No, he is not Dirk because Dirk – it really, to me, it didn't. I didn't really notice him like jawing and and talking shit until maybe close to 2011. Yeah. And Luca's yeah. doing it already now, and like he's he's really not even supposed to be this confident, but he doesn't give a crap, and that's what I love about it. So here's this Nick Wright stat. This is a tweet quoting Nick Wright. Luca now has four career playoff, four career 40 point playoff games. That's the same as Melo, Duncan, Dame, Kawhi, Carl Malone have had in their careers. It's more than Kyrie, Paul Pierce, Anthony Davis, Patrick Ewing, Moses Malone, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Isaiah Thomas had in their careers. He's 22 years old and has played just 11 career playoff games. I mean, this is this is unmatched. Like it's unmatched greatness. 
and and it makes certain people the the um the real hoopers of the world um the 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 people who are high key just don't like on american ba- or non-american basketball players makes them really uncomfortable i think it's fucking awesome i just i, I like when people get mad over dumb stuff um this is fun i'm having a great time yeah it's uh honestly i i i know i think i've been saying this for quite some time i was like it's going to go down in 6 i don't see either team winning in 7 uh i know 7 you know, at home is supposed to be in, in the clips advantage, but really the way that they just tear down, it seems like every year and, and mess up, like in the most, like honestly, like times where they're supposed to be at an advantage, like I really have no faith in them taking it in seven, but I just think whoever was going to win tonight was going to carry over and win the next game. I think Dallas wins two in a row and they just take it. I'm at that <laughs> I point. I hope so. I would like to get some rest. This, these staying up late watching these games are going to kill me. Well, thank you, Lance. You got anything else? No, man. Uh, I, I don't know how you do this. Uh, I'm sure you work in the morning, so I don't, I don't know how you do this every night, man. But but thanks for having, having me on. And I'm always loving this crew because it's, it's so active and really it's so positive compared to some of the other uh, locker rooms that I'm in. So, yeah, man, I love it. Keep it up. All right, Lance. Appreciate you. Yeah, I do this by not sleeping and by being permanently dumber. Uh, before I had a child in 2016, I was actually a good writer. I have lost that ability. Coming up next, Josh. How you doing, Josh? Hey, man. Thanks for having me back on here. Absolutely. So, I did not actively watch the game because I am one of those math fans where I feel like if I watch it, I'm just doomed to curse the team because I didn't watch game one and two, but I watched three and four. So I'm not watching anymore. I'm just kind of like looking at tweets every now and then to see how we're doing. Um, but th- this game was insane. Um, I was very high after the first two games, and I kind of went on a self-imposed exile from the locker room after the last two games. I- I'm not getting my hopes up at all. I'm just going to wait and see what happens. And I think you might have been mentioning me with the Carlisle stuff. No, I mean, it's like you got to understand. I get – uh, you know, this is this sounds like a, I don't mean this is assholes comedy. You'll forgive me. I have ten thousand plus followers on Twitter. I get three hundred DMs a day, and I chat with all sorts of people. I, I get a lot of rage, and really, I talk with a lot of fans that have been Mavs fans since Luca, and so they don't they don't know, and it, it's hard to explain, particularly to European fans, that the NBA season is a grind. And you just need to get to where we are. And then there's maybe Rick, Rick Pop, and uh, I don't know, a couple, there's like five guys that I really, really want to have. Like Thibodeau has been exposed. And, and I don't, you know, there's no other way around that. And, and so when I, I just, I like Rick as much as I, I as much as he drives me crazy is, is where. Yeah, so I'm just – I'm very nervous, but I'm very excited at the potential of what's going to happen next game. Sure. I, I, I'm i at a loss for words right now because I don't want to say anything that's going to put, like, bad karma out in the world and then all of a sudden we're here Friday depressed because now we're going to a game <laughs> seven. But then we're happy we're going to a game seven because we are undefeated in Staples. So that's right. I don't know what to do. <laughs> More basketball is better, but I also would like a couple – yeah, get some rest on it. Well, Josh, got anything else? No, that's really it. I I I needed some therapy because I'm I'm like a I don't know if it's like schizophrenic or bipolar. I just don't know what to do with this team at times. 
it's well, you know, and then after scary. after a game like tonight, after a game like tonight, it's nice to just talk to people because otherwise you're just like by yourself and in front of your computer, or your phone, and that's not healthy. So, thanks for hanging out, Josh. Thank you. Okay, good lord, guys, we still have quite the list. I'm going to try to pump through as many folks as we can. I'm going to let an old Mavs Moneyball contributor skip the line, Mr. Austin. How you doing? How you doing, Austin? Hey Kirk, how's it going? It's going. Do you have you come to uh, to dunk on me? What what? Because we go back and forth about your because you have hotter takes than I do. So I. Oh, I'm I'm here just to uh, debrief on a exhilarating win. You feel good. I it's feel good. honestly. I feel I feel amazing. I had to explain to my family on vacation while I was ask, acting like a crazy person in our living room. <laughs> right. So what was your favorite part? I think my favorite part was Dorian and Tim Hardaway's defense in the fourth quarter. That was something I did not think they could do at all against this Clippers team. And it was it was pretty impressive. That's why they won, because Luka missed all of his shots down the stretch. Yeah, I, I, I still – I'm going to need to watch that game again tomorrow afternoon because – you know, like, like Bo, Boban was the, the, you know, kind of the, the, I don't know what you want to call it, but just kind of the, the surprise in the lineup. And he was still a negative nine in 20 minutes. So it's like kind of hard to say that what he did worked, <laughs> but yeah. it's like they did enough. And like, as you just commented, Tim Hardaway being a defensive player, I don't know how that works because Tim is so bad sometimes. He's not, being... he's not, he's not great. He's not a guy who I expect to get stops and he got like, two or three big stops down the stretch. Yeah, I'm delighted. Just really happy for him. Happy for, we talked a little bit earlier before you joined about just Dorian needed something. And the fourth quarter for him, the defensive plays were really key because he's just, he just doesn't have it right now on offense. And hopefully that will, you know, the, the, the defense and the effort and playing Kawhi really well after getting cooked by Paul George for several games will, will lead to a different game for him. Uh, yeah, I think I actually went to both of the games in Dallas, and I think the arena is going to be pretty insane for Game Six. Oh yeah, the Game Three was like finals level noise in in the arena. It was it was pretty nuts, and I think I think that was the first game a lot of them had ever played that was that level of intensity, and I think they'll be better prepared on Game Six. Love it. Well, you got anything else before I keep shuffling people on and off? Because uh, it's three in the morning my time. That's <laughs> that's that's it on mine. I just wanted to come in and uh, say a good hello. Uh, you're the best, Austin. If you ever want to write anything from Adam's Moneyball, you just tell me and you uh, tell your room tell your roommate he's the worst. I'll, I'll I'll let him know. All right, have a good one. All right, man, have a good one. All right, coming up next, Zach. How we doing, Zach? How much, Kirk? How you doing? Just- making it through thanks for yeah no problem uh long time listener and first time on the locker room so it's nice to be in here enjoying this win absolutely what do you got for us tonight well i mean i just want to talk about i'm a pretty pessimistic fan by nature and i went to game four with my brother and just left thinking that we had no shot um in the game luca looked awful uh looked hurt um and just for him to come back in game five on the road and someone talked about how he had, like, one of the highest percentage of team field goal and assist. But the fact, like, just coming back and having 83% of the team's field goals and assist is just insane. Mm-hmm. And I I'm just feel lucky to have to root for that guy. 
I yeah. don't know. I mean, that's nothing profound. Just, just happy he's on our team. No, it's uh, appreciate. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, it's he's we're at the tail end of his third year, and right. it this stuff. When I cover these seasons, I do sort of start to feel like a grind. But then I look up and it's like, man, he's already played X number of games as a Maverick. I don't know how many games we're going to get with him as a Maverick. And I, it's just, I, I want to watch them all. He's appointment time. Yeah. He's even catching lobs tonight. Oh, so God. we'll get some more of that in game six. What a great, I forgot that happened. That was one of the funnier plays this season. Because yeah, like Luca got, like, he couldn't jump over an algebra. Right. I, I, I had to double take. I didn't even think it was him at first. Oh, man. Such fun. Hey, appreciate you doing this. Notes late. Sure Have thing. Thanks for hopping on. All right. Coming up, we have Jared on the other side the of the world. How's uh, Thursday? I don't know what day it is. Yeah, no. Thursday over here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to disconnect, but I, I figured I'd just hang around and make you stay longer. No, I'm, I'm um, up. I'm feeling good. I still got <laughs> editing to do. I'll be up for a little Okay. Yeah, well, as everyone expected, it, um, Dwight Powell won the game for us. Um, <laughs> like everyone uh, predicted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I guess, I think it was mainly the energy. Um, he just plays at 100% uh, no matter the situation, um, which, for whatever reason, it doesn't. It's a couple of the other guys didn't seem to be doing that last few games. Mm-hmm. So they just injected him in, and he just played like he does, and... It worked this time, yeah. so we'll see what happen, happens next game. Um, the key with him, I think, has to be Rick's willingness to pull him when things are going bad. Because when yeah. things go great with him, it just seems to be kind of a positive momentum type type situation where it's like, oh, well, he's doing this and this and this, and it just works well. But then when things are going badly, they seem to go very badly in a hurry. And uh, that's really kind of the thing for me is that he needs to be a little bit more quick with the hook, but it's fine. It's also finding the right matchups and, and I, they're not pals played when he's played, they haven't been ready for it. And, and that is interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, they knew you'd think they'd be trying to get, um, get him switched on to Kawhi and let Kawhi to go to town on him. But, um, yeah, I don't know what was going on. It seemed like um, Rondo and Reggie Jackson thought they could win the game for them, <laughs> um, which is good for the Mavs, I think. But, um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I guess uh, Morris can, can take the underdog um, tag that he wanted <laughs> before the game. That's right. Now yeah, now, now, now they're, they're technically through. an underdog. Yeah. The whole Clippers franchise has, just seems to have a weird mentalities a lot of the time, whether they're just so used to being beaten down by the Lakers. Yeah. Maybe they yeah, just got some psychological issues as a franchise. But um <laughs> yeah, it's just just a strange strange team. Certainly but, um, are. Oh well, yeah. Let somebody else come up and yeah, just a good win and just need to keep the momentum going for the next game and finish them off. That's right. Thanks Jared. Appreciate you. See ya. All right. Few more folks. Tyler, you've been waiting a while. Oh, that game was terrifying. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. Sleep is going to be terrible. I, like I'm going to go to bed, but it I, it won't be restful because it's just like my heart rate and blood pressure. See, I'm supposed to be doing homework right now, and I don't know how that's going to get done. So, 
Well. Um, so I'm interested. Uh, well, first off, I should say I'm glad I don't have to be mad at Josh Richardson for essentially playing himself out of the lineup Ooh. whenever uh, Seth Curry drops 30 in a playoff game today. So I'm glad I don't have to be mad about that. No, that's right. That's a good good point. I, I appreciate but um, so I'm interested. Everybody's kind of said their piece on this game, and I, I kind of agree with everything. So I'll kind of focus ahead. Uh, I'm interested to see what the Clippers do because they could very easily overreact to us going big and try to maybe start Zubac again. But uh, so I think Rick's got the Clippers right where he wants them, I would say. I mean, anytime that they're forced to have to win the next two games, you, you kind of pull out all the stops. Unfortunately, I don't think Ty Lue's a tactician in the way that Carl is. And they they keep it, – it's, it's mainly – it's down to who's your best player. And the Clippers probably have, I don't know, like three – it's either six or potentially seven of the best players in the series, but it just doesn't matter because Luka is the best player. And it's going to come down to that. It's I don't have anything other other to add, you know? It, it's so crazy that, you know, the Clippers probably have four of the five best players in the series comfortably. And just because Luka is that good, we're, we're here. We're, mm-hmm. we're a home game away from going to the second round. Yeah. Love it. I haven't, I haven't wrapped my head around that yet. It's, it's crazy. But that's all I have. So uh, well, good luck on the homework. Don't stay up too late. Get it done because then you you know good grades matter. I, I, I'm told. I don't even remember what I graduated college with. I just what I did was marry. What I did was marry the the woman who makes all the money. And I so though I can podcast late at night. Um, <laughs> thanks, Tyler. You have a good night. You too, man. All right, we're gonna fly through. We got Jason. It's been a while, Jason. really bad but can you guys hear me you sound great all right solid i sound tired as shit but i promise i am super pumped and i just don't know how we won that game it's just insanity to me you lean in that's what sometimes you it's better to be lucky lucky than good that was nearly the 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 title of this room and to an extent (laughs) the Mavs were lucky and i'm okay with this yeah i'm okay with that too we just need one out of two at this point and I guess one thing, I'll go on a little soliloquy here. It's kind of late, but I'll try to be short. And that right. we, we, we've been spoiled with Dirk. Dirk played here 21 years. And we just got used to see him in the playoffs every single year, every single year. And that's just not how, just, that's just not how the NBA is these days. And, yep. I mean, we'll have Luca for seven years probably. Like, we're guaranteed four years plus four more years on the next contract potentially. But, you know, these guys all maybe two more years, two to three years is guaranteed. And then you, you never know what's going to happen. So we have this game, this an insane game, absolutely transcendent. I just, we just have to enjoy this while it lasts because I'm not going to be doing a gloom about all of this. But just enjoy this right now and for what it's worth. Yeah, that's why I'm staying up late to do all this stuff. Because I don't know if we're going to be able, you know, you don't know how long it's going to be like this. You know, things like watch definitely. what happens to to the Sixers, the the Sixers were probably the dominant title favorites, and now they're not. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you want, to, if we want to actually go a little forward here, the Mavs actually have 
a shot here at actually doing something because I mean the East, whatever, but like the West, Lakers, Clippers, Utah, Portland, like Denver, all these teams are playing injured, and like you can say, okay, it's like some of these like we haven't had our other guys step up yet, but there's a real shot here to get super far. So like I don't know, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's okay. No, I'd rather pivot to a little bit forward thinking because, you know, the the flip side of this is if the Mavericks win the series, they're facing a Utah team that absolutely shut the door on the Grizzlies tonight. You know, like just thoroughly demoralizing way. Um, Definitely. But Mike Conley. Yeah, Mike Conley got hurt. Mike Conley got hurt, and he's a very important part of that team. So if it's just, okay, you live with Donovan and then – you yeah. just clip on everyone else. That's a much more manageable circumstance. But we can handle ourselves. Just win game six, please. Please win yep. game six. Although, to, to be fair, Luca in a game seven on the road. Is there anyone you'd want in that situation? No, it's awesome. That'd be awesome too. But <laughs> just, just get get in six, please. I, my, my heart can't handle this. But I agree. good night, everyone. Let's stay high. Jayush Island. Okay. I, I, I'm a dumbass, but Jayush Island, you could have one good game, I swear to God. Okay. Oh, Bye-bye, I guys. I love it. Good night, Jason. All right. Nate, you've been waiting forever. Thank you. Hit that unmute, un- unmute button there in the bottom right. No? All right. Nate, I'll try to bring you back up here in a few minutes if you want to talk again. Um, Henry. Hey, what's going on, Kirk? Oh, just keeping keeping the dream alive. What's... I hopped in um thirty at about thirty minutes. So I'm not sure if this stat was shared, but um, Luka Doncic now has more forty point games in the playoffs than he has games where he scores less than twenty five. Mm, have not heard that. Love that one. Um. Yeah, the, the man is a the man is a beast, and considering how he is, you know, carving up two, you know, all defensive players, you know, and again, not to look ahead, but you know, we, we don't really see too many teams left in the field that can really handle him. So, if we close this out, I'm very encouraged. I am too. I, I there's just a lot to look forward to. It's being a fan of this team means being on a roller coaster at all times. Uh, and speaking to that, I'm just going to ask this question and hop off here. Um, and this is more of a panel question to the room. How do you guys deal with the anxiety of these non-Luca minutes? Because I'm going to have a fucking stroke. Oh, that's a good question. I pour myself a tall glass of vodka and proceed to stare at it instead of the television. Um, I, it's it's a lot, man. They played. They only got away. They got away with five minutes without him tonight. And the Mavericks might have been like a negative six in those minutes, which is kind of one of the better ones. Um, it's, it's tough. Okay. It's I'm seeing, tough. I'm seeing yoga breathing. I'm seeing NBA trade machine. These are all great suggestions. Uh, <laughs> crying. I, that's also good. Okay. I appreciate Push-ups, <laughs> maybe some, some sit-ups some jumping jacks. I don't know. I love it. <laughs> great suggestion. And uh, lastly, I don't like Spotify uh, exposing me for listening to Mavs Moneyball at night. I did not appreciate that. I love that, that today. That made me laugh. I can't figure out how to get that on my Spotify thing where it's like, what do I listen to? It's probably I weird. don't. I don't need Spotify in my business like that. I prefer to listen to my Mavs Moneyball in peace and quiet and in uh, secrecy. So I like being shamed. I've caught up on a ton of podcasts in the last week because so I just just I've been I've not been listening to as much basketball stuff, and I listen to like seven straight episodes of the Connect 
which have been sitting in my feed forever. And I'm sure that, you know, it's going to be like, you like listening to Jason Concepcion. It's like, well, yeah, you know, I have great taste. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Kurt. All right. Good night. Okay. Let's see. We've got a couple more people. Mr. Tlaib, how's it going? Hey, Kurt. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. Um, two things. One, in the non-Luca minutes, like, can our bench guys just run some plays, like some set plays? I don't understand why our team does not have seem to have any semblance of that. And then my second point is, I really, really, I'm rooting for our team to win, but I also know, like, I hate myself for this, thinking that we'll win this, and then the front office is going to feel justified about all the fuck-ups they've done over the last two, three years. So, uh, you know, it's it's really depressing, but, you know, I'm still rooting for them, but I also don't want them to feel good about, you know, the shit they've done with Luca here. So I'm going to hang up, and uh, I'm going to listen. I think Thanks. that so, – so to the point about your uh, the offense, um, my our guy is talk, Franco, wrote a 2,000-word – treaties on the Mavericks offense like he listened to podcast given by the the assistant coach I can't say Jenny Jenny Boo Busek I can't say her last name I can't remember where she talked a lot about the Mavericks offense a couple of other people and really like dove deep into what Dallas's offensive philosophy is and it it's the thing where they don't they it's read and react read and react read and react and that's on purpose that's by design the problem is Dallas doesn't have the ball handlers to do it. I am a, I have, I have come 180 on Brunson. Big fan compared to where I was last year and at the start of the year because I'm just wrong. What the the role that the Mavericks have him in, he's very good at. The problem is the Clippers take that role away from him. The Mavericks don't have another ball handler. If you watch, the fact that 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 Denver is able to do what they're doing with Monte Morris coming off the bench, Dallas needs a ball handler like that they have and you know what they thought it was Delon Wright then they thought it was Josh Richardson and it just hasn't been they need to find that guy um and then the second thing I don't remember what you asked and now I feel bad um I'm sorry I talked too much it's three in the morning um, all right I'm gonna bring up Cato last thank you Cato for hanging out and waiting what you got um what's up Kirk uh, thank you for sure. having me. what do you got? um I just want to hit on a few points this has been a great locker room so far. Um, I'm so glad that everybody enjoyed the game, even though we were biting our nails. Um, with I'm trying to stay alive and fight for another game to win this game six. Um, game six coming this Friday. Um, the vibes are immaculate right now. I'm feeling really good. Um, Luka Doncic was just unbelievable. Um, I scared that he was going to be available and they were going to arrest him. Uh, this game and then have him ready for, you know, uh, like game six, you know. But, you know, we was able to um, play him. And I didn't, you know, what was what scared me um, before the game was that um, I think it was said that Ty Lu predicted that Rick Carlisle will start Oban, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I, I could feel a blow, blowout, but to my surprise, it actually worked. It made um, Tai Lu um, have Zoo on the floor, which gave us the advantage because once we have Zoo on the floor, Luka Doncic is going to just utilize his ball handling skills to, you 
make Zoo look like Porzingis on the offensive end and defensive end for Dallas right now because he's not as good as he can be. Um, Dory Finney-Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr. has just their defense in the fourth quarter was really, really good, especially when Luka Doncic didn't have it going as he did in the first three quarters. I feel like our team defense really held us in the game because I feel like there was like a three-minute stretch where we didn't score or we scored like two points. And I was like really scared. I was like, oh my gosh, the clips could go on for 20 minutes. And we held the fourth down. And we were able to, you know, um, stay, you know, stay ready and able to capitalize on their mistakes and win the game. And also, did you see the, I, I think it was the end of the game when Rondo was talking to Kawhi Leonard. He said something to him. And I was like, oh yeah, lots of screenshots this, of that on my timeline it, right now. Exactly. This is this is the type of this is the type of images we would like we like to see because I just feel like it, it's the karma that Rondo brings to to the teams that he, he he's on, not named the Lakers with LeBron James. Yep. So you know, I just feel like everything is going well in our favor. Um, I feel like Friday, if we do win the game on Friday, I feel like we're going to be, we're, we're better matched up with the Jazz, in part because you know, I feel like we can do the same, we, we, we can use the same method to um, that that we use on the Clippers as we use on the Jazz. Put a Rudy Gobert in the pick and roll and just attack him. And I feel like, personally, I feel like everybody's out on four things, and he, he's not having the best series. But I feel like that um, Porzingis should have a better series facing the Jazz than he has facing the Clippers just because the Jazz don't have wings that um, the Mavericks have to, you know, be uh, worry of, like um, Kawhi and So I feel like Porzingis will have a better series if we beat the um, Clippers and face the Jazz. I feel like he's he's gonna he's we're gonna see the bubble Porzingis. This this might be a hot take. I just feel like Porzingis might be able to utilize himself better because he's not having to um, guard shifty things and stop sure. forcing like towards um Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Well, we're well. Let's hope we get the chance to see. Well, thank you, Kato. No Appreciate problem. you. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. This is gonna get posted in your feeds. Uh, probably tomorrow afternoon. Cause I'm going to let the, I don't like cannibalizing my podcast and, um, nobody ever, nobody at SB nation tells me how I need to do these. So I'd really like some, some actual direction, some boss telling me what to do. Um, I don't know. We had a quarter million downloads so far this year. So, uh, we must be doing something right. Appreciate all y'all support. If you could, uh, download, even if you're not going to listen, I'd really, uh, be grateful for it. This has been a lot of fun. We're going to, I'll do a Friday lunchtime locker room uh, just where we can, I won't record that one, but it'll be, you know, out there. We can just be looking forward to that. Um, Everyone enjoy their Thursday. We'll talk to you Friday. Let's go Mavs. And this has been a great time, guys. See ya.